All right, guys, welcome to the Retick Lounge. I started off a little passionate backstage. Lucas can't get himself together. We are ready to look at the Retick. Wow. The Retick Lounge year in review. Um, Before um, we get started, before we get started, I hope everyone had a phenomenal holiday season. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas. Any holiday that you celebrate in this time, just wanted to throw that out there. Stop shaking your you're head, o- Nathan. You're only saying this because I said the Hanukkah prayer to you before we started this episode, and you felt obligated to include us all. I thank you, Lucas. We appreciate it. But let's get on to some re-TikTok. Fine. Fine. Um, <laughs> Happy holidays, like- guys. Like like Nathan said, we're going to be giving you a year review of what we have done here at the Retick Lounge. At the end of the episode, or maybe halfway through, we'll be talking about some of the highlights that we just want to mention about like big Retick community advancements that were made. But for the most part, we just kind of want to talk about everything that, that we've done and uh, what we want to do in the upcoming 2023 year. Um Again, thank you so much for your support. If you are listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment. Don't forget about Spotify and Apple Podcasts for those of you that are tuning in that way. Thank you so much for your support on the podcast platforms. And again, um, awesome Patreon community that we have. Please join. Um, I don't even have the numbers pulled up, but I think we are ending the year with 38 Patreon members within a five-month time span. And for all of you that are a member, we cannot thank you enough um, for your support. And even for those of you that are not, that have supported the Retick Lounge by liking, subscribing, all that good stuff, thank you so much. Yeah, our community is awesome. We literally have keepers and breeders from getting their first Retick or thinking about getting their first Retick to keepers and breeders that have been doing this for 20 plus years so we just got rodney to hop on so shout out to you Rodney. like that wealth of knowledge just alone is is huge and you know it's really cool to just see everyone sharing and everyone getting along all of our cool discord hangouts it's it's been a fun ride uh i like those guys a lot so thank you yeah um, um, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention us, us arc. So, uh, make sure US you remember Tark. us dark. Sorry. Uh, Lucas and I got a little loose for this episode. We're just having a little bit of fun, but yeah, me- <laughs> we're editing this Lucas, uh, <laughs> make sure you guys are supporting us arc, become a member today. Uh, we have some alerts out right now, so take action when needed. Um, and yeah, Lucas, take it away. Yeah, so let, let's kind of, I want to spend some time talking about just kind of our first episode, kind of going through the the content that we've provided, um, and, and just like a little just tidbit here. We're not bragging on what we've done, but the feedback that we've gotten has been so positive that, that we want to highlight some of the things that we've covered. Um, you know, I think one of the really cool things that we got to start off the podcast with was interviewing Brian Cusco. Um, we had 
zero clue what the hell we were doing in terms of i want to stop you right there because i think even bigger than that was just our introduction and us being brave enough to do this stupid thing like (laughs) it, it doesn't seem so stupid now that like we now have, we have these... 300 subs. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's never about the numbers for me, but just the support that we do have and, and the genuine questions that we get and the support we get, the feedback we get, it, it's something I never expected and was honestly a little bit scared of getting into this. So that first intro episode of us just being brave enough to do this thing, it, I, I'm proud of us, Lucas. For sure. yourself on the back, dude, because like, like staying this consistent and just willing to put yourself out there. I think that's big. I know that's a big step for me. Um, no, me too. I mean, I'm, I'm an extrovert. I enjoy talking to people, but when I describe my extrovertedness, I describe myself as the most introverted extrovert. And man, like I thought about wanting to do this for a while, but never thought that I would actually have the guts to do it. And I'm, I'm thankful that you said yes. And, you know, um, we, we've been doing this thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, guys flat out, if you watch this, you're seeing more of me than pretty much anyone in my life does, because I don't post pictures of me on Facebook, Instagram, any of that, whether it be my, like Nathan's profile picture is still him holding a snake with his glasses on that he like took five years ago. Yeah, promotional so, pictures like, from a sunglass company. Like I don't, I don't put myself out there when it's me. I like, I, I, I need to change that. That's that's a big uh, resolution for uh, this new year. But yeah, I mean, as far as the the end of this year, the last half of this year, I've put myself out there for you guys just to, you know spread my passion a little bit and i same i think same with lucas uh we got together because we were just so passionate about these animals and felt like there was a gap in just information you could get about these animals right now and all it takes is a couple willing people and you know a good attitude and i think you can really do a lot so yeah I mean, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this content and, um, you know, going back and watching some of the like first couple episodes is cringeworthy to me because, (laughs) um, yeah, I could hardly talk. I was so scared. Um, but you guys, just the feedback that you guys have provided has been monumental to us feeling more confident to be able to do this. And for those of you that are doing podcasts, um, video podcasts, like people like MJ, and um other of you big youtubers that are out there and doing these things like to produce content on a weekly basis it's hard man like (laughs) like me and nathan scramble like i'm leaving to florida tomorrow and we're like no we need to record an episode for this friday and like we you know there's probably i had thoughts of like it's the holidays we could skip and but but no like that's not what we're we are continuing to try to push weekly content for you guys and for those of you that are doing that um you know i now see everything that it takes to do that respect you guys so much more um because it is a lot of work and um yeah and i mean the growth just over the last five months that we've been doing this has been cool to just go back through the episodes watch and just even how we record now like my editing 
is minimal compared to before. I used to critique myself and cut and do all this stuff in the last like handful of episodes. Like we're just going in and winging it and having a good time. Um, and so, um, yeah, that introduction episode was pretty, you know, uh, monumental in terms of, of really just solidifying, like putting ourselves out there. But, um, what was that first, what was that first interview like for you with Brian? I, I think a little bit of the same, even though I had talked with Brian for so long, like I, I knew Brian pretty well besides meeting him face to face. I still like, you know, you put people on a pedestal that you've been watching on YouTube or uh, just been enjoying their content. So I was a little nervous to be completely honest with you. And I can't remember exactly what was going on in my life, but I feel like um, you know, just the hesitation of starting the podcast, thinking of, you know, uh, are we good enough? Just that imposter syndrome kind of feeling. Um, I think we were both a little hesitant on that uh, first interview, but I think it's great that we had someone like Brian and had Who, him have yeah. that retic out at all episode and like Down really to teach earth, people. Bellow. Yeah. And just teach people about loving these animals. I don't think that we could have started it a better way. Yeah. I, and that, that was kind of the idea that we talked about, about having him on just to have someone that would have a voice that they would watch for him, not for us. Um, and then him being able to just have that retake on screen, chilling, vibing with us, um, like I, I felt like at times I was interviewing that retic. Um, it was, it, it was <laughs> or pretty... it interviewing us. Right. Exactly. Um, but no, I had a great time with that Brian for everything that you've done with encouraging us, the support that you've given us. Um, can't thank you enough for all of that. And the, the just words of wisdom in terms of being on YouTube, putting ourselves out there. Thank you so much for that. Um, I want to add to that Brian, just Thanks for being that guy in the industry. I know there's huge names out there like uh, Barcheck and, you know, just people with giant followings, but you're one of those people that really draws people into loving these animals on a different level and just really respecting them. So, uh, Brian, just thank you for being a part of this industry and, you know, being a part of Lucas and I's life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So the next episode after that was, is a pet retic right for you? And I think that was, you know, looking back on it now, um, you know, I, I think that was a really good opener. Um, we had a lot of good feedback with that. It's got, you know, views that still climb. Um, and I think that's something that people really, you know, look for because at the end of the day, you know, I don't think retics are cut out for everyone. And we cover that in that episode. Um, that was a pretty fun, even though that was early on, um, I think that was like the beginning of our chemistry kind of coming together. That was, that was, I, I looked back at that and remember us recording that. And that was a lot of fun for me. Yeah, me too. And I, I think that was a great place to start for us solo, just because in my mind, like when I first heard about reticulated pythons, it was something I never imagined myself being able to keep um and through education and experience i learned that it was the exact thing i wanted to keep so right you know it, it's 
it was me trying to give back in that sense of you know what i learned getting into it and i think same for you i think our passions were a little bit different i learned about them a little bit later in life and you kind of had your passion instilled already and really measured it out getting into retics but yeah i think it's a it's a cool story from both of us yeah um you know and then our next episode episode uh we go into episode three now husbandry 101 and i look back at that and look at the title and i'm like we've had so many husbandry episodes that like husbandry 101 doesn't sum it up because we really talked about like a few handful of things so that we were still figuring out titles how to do things but at the end of the day um i i think that that was was uh another episode where we talked about like i don't know what was it temperature humidity water like literally water like yeah give but... your retake fresh water <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately that was a hot topic back then it was um but yeah i'm i'm like totally I'm totally struggling to remember all the topics we uh, covered in that episode. All I know for sure is like, if you're like just base level trying to get an enclosure ready and get prepped for owning a retic, it, it's decent information. So I, I think that was a, a great little episode we put out there. Yeah. Just decent information, decent. you know, decent. No, I'll let you guys, guys decide. I'm right. Um, the next episode is when we started getting into the stuff that I nerd out a lot about, which is breeding reticulated pythons. And we've done a few breeding videos that I don't remember exactly all the information, but basically we, we talked about like, um, oh man, people are going to watch this episode and be like, nope, you got this wrong. But breeding reticulated pythons, and we talked about it in a very general sense, like what it takes you know, temperatures, things like that. And then kind of like, is, is breeding really ripe for you in that sense? Um, I think, um, and that's when, when I think for me, that was a point where we provided like information and that was like the first podcast we recorded where I like reflected and was like, that was really good. Like that was fun. Like that was good information. And that's when my confidence for me started kind of increasing a little bit because, you know, I, I come off as like a, a, a good speaker and a confident person, but like I do have my shortcomings in the internal dialogue that goes on in my brain about like, you know, like you mentioned before that imposter syndrome. And that was the first episode for me with feedback that we got from people that we hit topics that people messaged us with feedback that mm -hmm. I was like, all right, like we're, we're on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's really cool, especially when we just put out an episode, someone watches all the way through getting those messages is kind of the coolest part about all, all of this. Right. Um, right. yeah. So moving on, we're going to, uh, target training with our, our boy Duran. Uh, one of our, I think most fun episodes. Yeah. I uh, I mean we we haven't had any visual displays like Duran has put on for uh, an episode before. Right. Um I thought it was really cool that he was able to demonstrate that that target training like real life action to give people a sense that retics can be targeted training or can be target trained and um 
I mean, listen, if, if you've heard anything about reticulated pythons and you've done a tiny bit of research, even a tiny bit, you've heard that these snakes are some of the most intelligent of any snake or python species. And this episode demonstrates it more than anything. You can argue all you want about target training, tap training, all, all that. Go for it. But proof is in the pudding with this episode. Yeah. For those of you that are still stubborn in your ways that have been breeding for 10 years and think that retics can't be target trained, I, I just encourage a little bit of open-mindedness. Watch that episode and kind of see it from young retics. And again, disclaimer. Target training is great. I don't recommend that if you target train, you put your hand in a 15-foot <laughs> retix enclosure because it's target train. Like, still use your brain. Well, and if you if you really watch our episode, Duran uses that caveat. Is he going to try this when his right. females are full-grown? And he, he even said himself, probably not. But, you know, it, it's cool especially while they're growing up. And I think it establishes a great routine with your animals and it gives them expectations to live up to. So I, I think uh, the technique is decent, especially when dealing with animals that have a food response like reticulated pythons. So uh, Duran, I applaud you for all your work. Uh, I keep saying I need to try to start implementing, implementing target training and for one snake, I think I, I might. So uh, New Year's I resolutions right there. I just don't have time for it, but I love it. I know. Um, With one animal, I almost have to, I feel like. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and again, Duran, thank you for the friendship. Thank you for the camaraderie, the talk, the phone calls, the texting, the group chat that we're all in. Thanks um, for showing up in Long Beach, letting me cut your hair last minute for a hair show. Like, Come yeah. on, this this snake industry is better than most other industries. So, just the people yeah. I've no, met I, I are great. I couldn't agree more. Um, all right, let's move on to the next episode. This episode was uh, enclosure talk. My phone turned off, so I don't have it. Yeah, enclosure talk. So yeah, yeah, enclosure talk. Um, fun episode to record because we talked about what me and Nathan discuss like ideal enclosure size for super dwarf and dwarf retakes also like mainland retakes um starting off retakes are tubs okay things like that um and yeah i think it was good information that we put out because there's there's a lot of shame in people that that you know there's still the information of starting off in tubs is like a no-go like people are like no you have to start big we kind of discussed a lot of the ins and outs of that how we started um and what we think is appropriate. And again, just experiential information that's worked for us that we decide to share with everyone. Yeah. I think you summed that one up pretty well. I think that kind of goes into our second husbandry episode, probably. <laughs> so, you kinda. know, yeah, not, not husbandry, uh, uh, you know, continued or anything like that, but we started getting a little bit more creative. <laughs> A, a little just like yeah i mean i think you're giving your ourselves a little bit more credit there but but um, i think i think our creative juices started getting flowing because you know we really started thinking about the process of you know getting into retics how to do it responsibly and that led into uh episode seven which is uh buying super dwarf and dwarf reticulated pythons what 
are you holding your hand up for? I'm, I'm, I want to pause you. So before okay. we jump into episode okay. seven, yeah, we, I, I want to hear from you guys in the comments below. So we, we are going through a bunch of topics, but you know, we are an experiential podcast with keeping reticulated pythons. And let me tell you, when it comes to coming up with new ideas and content, um, at some point, me and Nathan are going to run out. That's when we're going to look to you guys in the community to help us with the direction that we should go or topics that we need to discuss, different segments, different things that we need to do. And so drop in the comments below if there's any ideas that we don't cover within this episode, let us know. Um, give us that feedback that that you know we, we want from you guys because ultimately this is not a YouTube channel that's, that is self-motivated. Like, I mean, yes, we're self-motivated to continue to bring content, but like mm-hmm. we want to create content that you guys are going to find of use. So drop in the comments what you guys think is going to be other good ideas that we should do. But Nathan, jump into episode seven. So like I was saying, bind super dwarf and dwarf reticulated pythons. Um, one thing... I think Lucas and myself have seen quite a bit. This is, I'm listening, but this is like, this episode stands out to me for a specific reason. Okay. Well, there, there's a couple reasons that this episode stands out to me. Um, Lucas and I have seen quite a bit of posting around retic forums about um, the legitimacy of bloodlines in terms of super dwarf and dwarf blood over the years, people finding out the hard way that the animal they purchased is not, in fact, the animal they purchased. Uh, and then I think the second thing that really comes to mind in this episode for me, and maybe the most important to my my heart when it comes to these animals, is impulse buying. Right. Yeah. We talked a good amount about that. What comes to heart the most for me when I think about this episode is I think this was the first episode that we introduced my rant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Um, This was, I think my first Lucas's rant of the episode. Um, And for those of you that have listened and have heard me go on my rants, but I think that was the very first like rant where I went off of like, I don't even remember just making sure that you're buying from someone or, you know, just do your due diligence. Right. And like what Nathan said, stop impulse buying, do your best to not do that. And really just take the time. Like, Everyone is buying a super dwarf retic because they want small retics. So just make sure you're doing everything that you can to make sure you end up with a small retic at the end of the day. Buy the animal that's going to excite you five, ten years down the road, no matter what it is. Right. Uh, Did I just redo a rant? Was I'm that sure. a... Yeah. And we <laughs> still don't have your animation or whatever we need for Lucas's rant of the episode. Yeah. Um, that That's what we're going to talk about what we're working on in 2023 production value of the retic lounge right because right now just two floating heads talking we want to change that up (laughs) i mean at least add in some of what we're looking at on the back end i think is my big goal and lucas knows that uh anything else you want to hit on episode seven nope let's go to episode eight breeding behavior i think this was a huge one and again 
this was like our next big breeding episode where again, that for me is like where the juices flow. And I don't have a lot of experience breeding, but being able to share the breeding process to everyone is important for me because it's so hard to come across and find unless you have a really good mentor that's willing to do that for you and help you along the way. If you Google search, if you go on YouTube, like to get sound information on breeding, retics is not out there. it's really, you know, that that is an extended conversation. And so that was a fun episode for me because we talked about females, what to look for when their behavior changes, males, what to look for and what to be careful about with males. Um, Yeah, that that our own personal experiences in terms of dealing with these behaviors. Uh, In the end of the day, that's that's what our podcast has ultimately been about is just our our own experience in growing with these animals right um and that that was for me um i think anytime we do a breeding episode it lights up that dopamine in my brain i get really excited for it and i can ramble and ramble and ramble about it even though i've only been doing it for a few years well and that's that's what's exciting about it for us and yeah there's there's nothing like that high of getting your first uh clutch of eggs or your first baby pipping you really can't sum up that feeling. If you've done cocaine, then you know what it feels like. I have not but, done cocaine, but I have um, hatched out retics. So there God you go. Damn, it feels good. <laughs> that was great. That was good. Um, okay, so our the next episode. I mean, man, what what an awesome experience! At least for me, we did an the man interview. Who started it all for me, right? This is, we did our first locality talk segment. And you know what's sad is I look at that and that was two months ago. We've been needing to step up on the locality talk. We need to do that on a monthly basis. But getting, getting people around the horn, this is just kind of me being vulnerable for a second. It's hard to align schedules with people, you know, that live in different time zones in order to do these locality talks. Um, little sneak peek, we're trying to get Garrett on for you know, some locality talks in terms of the rare species that are locality he's been able to breed, but you know, we're trying to work out the scheduling details, but doing this with Eric Lee, um, what I love the most about this episode, guys, if I could recommend any episode that you go back and you watch on, it's this one with Eric Lee, because in my personal opinion, we, we somehow extracted more history on Eric Lee's breeding and keeping um than any other podcast has been able to get out of him um i i feel like i i felt like i knew eric pretty well um for not meeting him in person and talking to him a bunch but when we did that interview with him um i learned so much about his experience with retic like when he told me he had wild caught animals in the 90s i was like wait what yeah (laughs) And, and his experiences, like he, he talked a bunch about just learning experiences with these animals. And I think that in terms of knowledge with these retics is probably our most beneficial episode. Um, I wouldn't be surprised as if we grow, um, that becomes one of our most watched and rewatched episodes, just because just in terms of knowledge shared. Um, Eric's just a great guy, has a lot of great animals, is really humble and just doing what he loves. So, 
I, I, I can't thank Eric enough. He got me started in Super Dwarf Retics. Got me started with some of the best bloodlines out there. Um, I still have friends that come over and are shocked at how small and good my females look. So, Hi, Theron. <laughs> What's up, Theron? Uh, but yeah, I, I, I just really can't thank Eric enough. He, he's been a great mentor when I need him. Um, even though I try not to bug people as much as possible. Um, he's I bug always the shit out of him. Yeah, Gosh, I'm it, so sorry, it's, Eric. It's, no, it's just not my personality, so it's fine. Like, <laughs> you do you. Um, but, like, yeah, he, I, in terms of people that I really, really respect in this industry, like, he's he's among the top. So, yeah, I yeah. just really thank him for being uh, our our even though Duran, you're a major guest, our second like major industry guest. Yeah. And, and just so that, because I didn't clarify, that was our first locality talk segment. It was on Kalatoa. So any of you that are into super doors and Kalatoas, go check out that episode. It was a good episode. Um, all right, let's get into the next episode and, um, we'll talk about feeding reticulated pythons, which was a fun episode it's a fun me. episode. I'm going to rock a piss for a second. You take it off. I'll lead in right as you Hold get. on. Hold on. You're, you, you're going to go pee? Yeah. Like right now? Yeah. Okay. Bye. It's fine. You can hold it. Whatever. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the feeding reticulate. I don't know what to do with my hands right now. Um, all right. So our next episode was on feeding reticulated pythons. Um, while he's gone, I'm going to go through the rest. Um no. So anyways, feeding reticulated pythons. So this was an episode that I thought was important for us to discuss because, you know, especially in the super dwarf and dwarf industry, um, feeding is a major component that I think we, we needed to talk about because there's this idea that, that underfeeding is a way to keep retic small or people aren't really fully aware of how to feed their reticulated pythons because, you know, we cover this confirmation bias as in I bias super dwarf therefore my animal needs to stay small therefore i don't need to feed it a lot and so we cover a lot of like how me and nathan feed our animals some experiments that i'm working with on how i'm feeding my animals really large meals very seldomly then going to smaller meals frequently um but if you guys are new at keeping retakes and you are asking the question of i think i heard nathan's toilet flush in the background we'll see if he comes back in a bit but anyways if you I was right. I heard your. I was right. I heard your toilet flush, and I mentioned that in the episode. But anyway, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna cut all of this. Um, and so we're yeah. back. So, uh, Lucas, episode ten, feeding. Uh, you're late to the party. So, for those <laughs> of you that are um, new at keeping, watch that episode. We kind of give our, our opinions and our experiences with how we feed our reticulated pythons, especially our super dwarf and dwarf, because we don't want fat obese animals, but we also don't want to maintenance feed just to intentionally keep them small. Um, Nathan, let's talk about the very next episode. Um, and actually hold on. So the next episode is episode 11. So we just went through the 10th episode, and this is the 20th episode. Let's take a break from this pattern, and let's take a moment to talk about some of the things that we were really excited for in the industry in 2022 
we're probably missing a bunch of big things that happen. So for those of you listening and you're like, oh, they didn't mention this and that, like drop that in the comments, do that. We're just, we, we wrote a list of like five or six things that we were really stoked and excited for when it came to, you know, advancements in the reticulated Python community here in the US. So Nathan, start us off on maybe one of the ones that you want to mention. Uh, okay. So the thing that excites me the most gets my blood going is going to be the orange glow sun tiger anthrax clutch that Jake from JK reptiles hatched out. Um, if anyone has talked to me a bit about what I look forward to in uh, the super dwarf industry in the future, uh, anthrax is among the top of the list and yeah. some of those animals, I mean, man, are just top notch. Yeah. I've and, and what's mean, what's cool about the anthrax genes that I like a lot, like there's some anthrax out there that are very striped and that are very mm -hmm. out there, but like there's there's certain animals of anthrax that literally look like a virus that look like the crazy broken up indistinguishable pattern that we look for in anthrax and Jake like just nailed that clutch so not only did he throw orange glow in there and tiger with anthrax which by the way we're talking about double recessives codons put like this is an eight to ten year project that this man has put in the work to done so jk reptiles jake klotz shout out to you for that stick to that's required to do that um we're going to talk a little bit more about stick to with these other pairings but yeah, some of the animals that were produced from that clutch were uh, some of the best retics produced in the U.S. today. Uh, in the world today, yeah, if you ask me. All right, take us off on the next one, maybe. Um, I'm a nerd about localities. You yep. know that. Everyone yep. knows that. That knows me. One thing that I cannot hesitate to mention was the first Super Malukus, a.k.a. a Super Dwarf Kalatoa that was paired to a Ternate Island retic that Rodney Bolich at R&B Reptiles did. Um, what was really awesome about that pairing was to see how strong the Ternate influence still took over. Yep. Right? So what was cool it, about that It was that the pairing... perfect mesh, though, because you get the chaotic pattern with the great color. Right, exactly. So it had the turnate pattern with the speckling on the neck that had the superdorf influence. Of course, you're shrinking down size a little bit with the Kalatoa. Sorry, I'm moving my mic all sorry. Um moving my mic all around. And then um and, and then what was cool was that we didn't lose a lot of pattern from the turnate. Like the turnate dominated eighty percent of that clutch. Um and What's great is that, you know, Ternates are so far staying a manageable size and then to shrink them down into Kalatoas while still keeping that crazy pattern. For me, one of my favorite clutches of the year for 2022. All right. Well, let's see. <laughs> Sorry, I was muted and I didn't want to catch myself muted and have, have everyone be mad at me. <laughs> I was like, I know I'm muted. I'm unmuting myself before you just see me talking and not hear anything. <laughs> you didn't want to pull a Nathan. Nope, didn't want to pull a Nathan tonight. Uh, so something I got to see at my very first Tinley 
um, was the Super Door Phantoms, the world's first Super Door Phantoms that were produced over at Reach Out Reptiles. And man, um, you can see pictures of them. I the can Super share... Phantoms? Oh, did I say Super? You said Super Door Phantoms. Sorry. My my mistake, the Super Dwarf uh, and then Super after that sounded like a double negative in my mind. So Super Dwarf, Super Phantoms <laughs> at Tinley produced by Reach Out Reptiles. Uh, I've seen some Super Phantoms before, but this animal, I mean, you would have to see it in person to see the blushing on the back of this animal. Uh, it was like it, pink, right? lavender not even lavender it was a it's a weird color that you can't really totally describe it's a it's an opaque just weird kind of mix between gray purple and pink um but it was easy to see in person i'll i'll share a little bit of video behind this right now but uh it was so much easier to see in person. Uh, that's a project I'm working heavily towards in the future. So uh, for me, that was just really cool to finally see in, in Super Dwarf and, yeah. you know, years to come, just see how they they do over time, see that their digestion's working properly, I thriving, think that whole thing. I'm, I'm just about sold on the fact that Super Phantoms are, are viable leucistics. Um, I can go into detail about that, but yeah, absolutely. Like one of my really i'm not huge on morse but one of the morse i really like i'm more excited to produce super phantoms than i am cows like i don't even think i'm going to try for the cow unless it's like a breeding that's my first goal. Uh, yeah breeding loans is probably the way that i will do cows but like i really want to produce i mean even before snake. retics when i just had ball pythons if i ever thought about breeding it was always the white snake thing and i think that's pretty that's a pretty common thread just in this industry is everyone wanting to produce a white snake with whatever they're working with eventually. And, right. uh, you know, uh, I think the blue eyed Lucy's, especially in retics are, are really cool, especially when they get some size to them. Yeah. Um, cows cool. obviously is a visually stunning morph, but that's kind of second on the list. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just mention one person and go through a couple of their pairings that they did this year. So Aubrey Pruitt at AMB Exotics. So let me first and foremost start off with the Bacon clutch that he had. For those of you that are not familiar with Bacon, Bacon is a Lelic with OGS and Phantom. If you if you take a Bacon to a Phantom you create a cow-like animal that is super striped out with yellow stripes. We're talking about a, this is the newest morph in U.S. right now that was just established in 2022 when the last time we could import was 2014. This is huge for the retail community, first and foremost. A very new morph being created in 2022 when we haven't been able to import for eight years, massive. So, Aubrey. I mean, for the retic community, I want to say thank you for doing that. That is huge. I'm literally saving up money left and right, trying to find ways to convince you to get me into that project. Um, for those of you that don't know what a pecan is, go on the retic nation on Facebook, type that in. You'll see all of the different combos that you can do with that. It is, it's going to be monumental 
right now it seems small because a bacon in general doesn't look like anything special. But when you start combining it with all these different things, it's a really phenomenal uh, morph to have. And then I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the recent clutch that he produced of the Phantom Ocelot combos. Orange Glow Phantom Ocelots. Indocarmel Phantom Ocelots. Phantom Ocelots. And then not only that, you're on mute, you idiot. You did it again. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. I was doing so good. Aubrey, you got to stop it. It's stop too it. much. Chill. It's too much. Chill. Take a couple years out. You're good. I need to breathe for a second. I only met you like a year and a half ago. Come on. Right. No, but like... <laughs> What was cool about that pairing was that he actually provided a theory of something that he's been thinking about, but with the drastic changes and differences of how the animals look, we might actually have our very first mainland Anry locality driven Anry out there. We don't know if it's compatible with the Superdorf Anries or anything like that, but if you guys look at the animal he produced in 2021, which was a Indocarmel ocelot, it looks very faded, looks very dull compared to the ocelots that he created this year that are super orange and vibrate. And I don't mean dull in a bad way, because now that we have an understanding that it might be an anery morph, it's not dull. It's a silver platinum orange type of color that is just, I, I don't know, I can nerd about this forever, so... Anyways, we're talking about Phantom Ocelot combos with the potential for a proven mainland Anry line that I think is phenomenal. Um, okay, calm down, calm down. I'm a nerd. Let's, okay, how about instead of nerding out about that, which is a great achievement, but how about we nerd about your Kalatoa line that you've brought? Okay, that's so kind you've of... worked on that quite a bit. You've put a lot of passion behind that. So let's talk about that real quick, and then we'll get moving on to the back half of these episodes real quick. Um, I produced Kalatoas. <laughs> okay, genius. Let's get a little bit further past that. Um, okay, so new line of Kalatoas. The female that I used was a wild caught. The male that I used was wild caught. The female has never produced offspring for anybody else in the U.S., so I produced a new line of Kalatoa, a new bloodline um, that I can say regretfully in a way that won't be produced again. So for those of you that bought an animal from that clutch, you have a one and only bloodline that won't be producible again. Um, from wild caught animals that haven't been done before but um yeah i mean i i would i don't like I, I'm, I'm not in a bragging standpoint but um i do feel very proud about that that i was able to provide a diversified bloodline of kalatoa that i think is needed when it comes to locality stuff because we're limited on the localities that we can't import anymore so to produce a new bloodline of Kalto in 2022 when we stopped importing in 2014 for me was something that, um, and on top of that was the first clutch I ever produced with wild caught animals. So, um, I am proud of myself. I am going to take a moment to brag, pat myself on the back. I'm happy about that. Um, for those of you that think I'm being arrogant, I don't care. Um, but, um, 
I think it's a good way of just diversifying bloodlines of Kalatoa. Um, I appreciate you for mentioning that. Yeah, man, no worries. So we've kind of gone through the the building of the retic lounge. We've kind of hit some projects that we're excited about and just achievements through the year that really got us going. Uh, let's just kind of really quickly uh, go through the back half of this episode, just kind of hit a couple sentences on, you know, what we've thought over the last couple months of us recording. So investment snakes, I think that hits on a couple things we brought up in the earlier episodes, just not impulse buying, really being passionate about your projects, that kind of thing. Yeah. Being selective in the sense of like, you got to understand that everyone is getting into Superdor free ticks right now. Even the mainland guys that have been doing for this for 20 years are dropping big money on, on Superdor free ticks. So like find your passion of what you want to do and run with that. And don't just impulse buy Superdors. like be very specific. We talked about some of our favorite investments that was a fun episode. Yeah. And just knowing that these animals in the end of the day deserve more than just you investing into the future of what they can produce for you uh, monetarily. Um, Love them. Pet them on the head. Give them boops on the snoots. Yeah. Appreciate that they're in your home. Uh, episode 12. So new retic. Now what? We're unboxing. We're getting our first animal in the mail. Yeah. Um, now what? Right. That's what we discussed. Like you just get your first retake. This was kind of like the part two of our very first episode is a pet retake right for you. This was a continuation of like, yes, it was right for you. Now what? So for and those it's, of you it's a lot of elementary information, but a lot of stuff that we've seen over the years that have just gone wrong with people impulse buying animals and not being totally prepared for them. Yeah. I go on a good rant on that episode. Yeah. Um, then we talk about pushing and man, is that an episode that I think every retake owner ever in the world needs to watch. If you've been doing this for 20 years and your ego's big, don't watch it. You don't need to. But for those of you that are new into retakes, which is what this community is for, um, watch that episode. We talk about pushing, what causes pushing, how to solve pushing, how to problem solve it, all those different things that can help guide you through that journey of when your retake inevitably pushes, because in my opinion, your retake's going to push at some point. <laughs> and not to say every retake's going to push, but I, I have just certain individuals that like to do it more than others. So yeah, that's a, it, it's just good information for you to try to combat it and, and get a, get an idea of why that behavior is happening. Yeah. Um, the man, uh, the we've man. already talked about him a little bit, but episode 14 with Jake Klotz. Yeah, man. Jake Klotz is someone that like was under my radar that became a very bright light in my radar when I started getting more involved in to the Facebook groups and everything. But um, I don't know. Like I, I like for me, Jake Klotz is a. I don't know. We think of big names in the industry and like really big names in the industry. And like Jake Klotz, like he's not up there. There's never going to be a Kevin McCurley. There's never going to be another Jay Brewer. There's never going to be another, um, 
uh, I don't know, Brian Barczyk, but like in terms I of don't like know that just that's totally fair to say, but no. And what what I mean by that is that these guys were mon- monumental in shaping what the Rita community became. They were monumental in bringing these animals in, okay. breeding them, like Bob Clark's. Right? There, there's no way we're gonna have other people that were like that because these people were around since the importation of retics, but Jake Klotz is someone who like has gained my respect that I not even gained, but like that I just respect and, and, and love in this community. Such a family guy was such a great interview. Um, I, I had a lot of fun doing that interview and just someone that like, I don't know. I feel like I can get a drink with him and talk to him for hours retics or not like he's just someone that i respect as a family guy as a dad as a husband as a retic breeder whatever you want i i aspire to be like jake in many ways besides just the way he he has kept and bred these animals over the years just a a great guy all around so yeah jake we appreciate you tremendously yeah absolutely um best substrate i'm not gonna lie hindsight looking back we should have done more, more preparation on that episode. Um, but we winged it. We talked about a bunch of different substrates that we knew about that we didn't know about. Um, and this is an experience-based podcast. So in the end of the day, we're talking about the stuff that we've been using. Um, we tried to delve into the stuff that we know is popular in the hobby and try right. to offer our insight. Right. Um, that next episode with Blake Stewart, which, by the way, Starting in the year 2023, Blake Stewart with SD. Um, with this is Stu- a TRL exclusive. This is a TRL exclusive. So with with Stewart Design, um, he is our very first sponsorship. So Blake, thank you so much. Next episode, we're going to be rolling out the sponsorship. Want to thank you so much for that. Um, the uh, the opportunity that you provide us with being able to get inside of your head in the marketing and branding aspect of things really, I think is such an undervalued aspect of being a breeder in reticulated pythons that if you want to breed and be successful in doing this, watch that episode because I promise just because you buy a $10,000 animal to pair with an $8,000 animal doesn't mean you're going to make money. I can promise you that. My rant of the episode. That was a short rant. Thank you, Lucas. <laughs> All right. No, uh, Blake, we, we appreciate your support tremendously. Uh, I mean, just all around great information in that episode. It gets you thinking about your business in ways that a lot of people in this industry really just genuinely don't think about ever. Um, so beyond retics, everyone in in the reptile hobby, even if you're just looking to start branding your business, whether it be a massage parlor or a 7-Eleven or whatever you end up going into business doing, you could you can definitely use a little bit of that information from that episode. So episode 17, getting into another breeding episode, introductions. I think yeah. we kind of got into that just based off time of the year. Uh, we'd both done some introductions, had some breeding action, uh, wanted to get more into that behavior we see from our males and females during this time of the year. Yeah. Like um, when's, when's the right time to do an introduction? Should your female be off of food completely? Should it not? 
should slow down in feeding. We we provided a lot of, again, just another breeding segment that like I felt very awesome after the recording of that episode. It was a lot of fun. I'm talking with my hands a lot, so when sorry. don't you? You see a lot of movement. I'm dancing on camera. Um, but yeah, so I, I like that video. If you guys are getting into breeding and you have a female that's of age, you have a male that's of age, watch this video. Again, experiential information. I'm not saying that we're providing you with the secrets of being a successful breeder, but again, what's worked for us, what we do, what we've learned, what we've heard from others, so much valuable. I know, I know our episodes are long. We're coming up on like a 55-minute episode here just rambling about ourselves. I know our episodes are long, but just just listen. Do it while you're cleaning because at some point your brain's going to be like, wait, I think I heard something. And you'll rewind, you'll listen, and it'll be valuable, I think. Maybe. You tell me. Drop it in the comments. All right. Drum roll, please, because we have episode 18. Our most recent episode covering mentorship. Total um, bust on YouTube, but I don't care. <laughs> Lucas is obsessed with the numbers. I keep telling him this is... Oops, oh, sorry. Lucas, I played a video. Lucas is trying to get those views up, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, never, I'm never worried about the views of any of our podcasts or how well... It goes day of. That's never a concern of mine just because I know that we're putting everything we have into these episodes um, and the topics that we choose are are things that we are genuinely passionate about. And, so, I, and, I'm, and I'm the opposite. If you guys don't like, subscribe, and follow, and comment, I'll kill myself. All right. Well, this is where uh, what I have to say comes in handy, Lucas. If we continue doing this and we continue building, uh, a, you know, just a, a community of people watching our videos every week, get our subscriber count up organically. I believe that these bank. I'm of proud of that. I'm yeah, proud these of that, banks, by the way. This bank of episodes that we have right now is stuff people we'll hopefully have some replay value in or um, just new people getting into it, loving the content that we have seen where it started out. Um, looking at some of the more just basic introductory things when it comes to retics, I think these episodes are extremely valuable and I think that's going to change drastically over time. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think kind of, caveating onto that just to end talking about our goals for 2023 but also just reflecting on the success of of 2022 um one thing that nathan mentioned was organic growth of our subscribers there's a lot of people out there that post reels get these these inflated numbers on their subscribers that aren't going to translate to much what we're trying to do is provide educational content for you guys um that need use of it and at the end of the day like I think Nathan and I can both agree that we're not trying to be YouTube famous. We're not trying to be YouTubers. We're not trying to be the people that people see at show and be like, they have a YouTube channel. That's not us. 
what we want to do is be a, a niche community for a new group of keepers that are learning about retakes. And I think our Patreon has really shown what we've been doing because we have a handful of members that don't own retakes that are on there asking questions, getting information, trying to find out. And so, you know, for, for all of you, for your support, thank you so much. Nathan, what are what what do you want to see us turn into in 2023? Uh, more of the same, honestly. Um, more I would like same. well, so not completely, right? So I, I I like the path that we're on. I want to see more of the same growth. I want to see um I want to see in-person episodes where we get together and get to have a little bit better just back and forth. Um I want to see, you know, our Patreon continual, continually grow, but I want it to be good members just like we have now. Um, I think every member that we've had has been beneficial and has been a great addition to the community. So more stuff like that. Uh, and then just staying consistent. Um, you know, we're not always consistent with reels and everything, but I'll be damned. We release an episode every Friday. We have our early access up and ready for our Patreon members. We are there for our Discord meetings. We try our damnedest to add as much as we can to the Patreon. I want to add more behind the scenes, just working with my animals kind of stuff in the future. Um, it's just a matter of getting comfortable with the filming process. And I think you I know, just forget. Like if I just roll that, the camera, I promise there's content you guys want to see. That that too. So I, I think in terms of goals, that would probably be my biggest is more behind the scenes access for our great Patreon community. Yeah. To be honest, like I think the information that we're providing on YouTube, I want to do the same thing that you just mentioned. Keep it the same. Keep doing the same. Um, I want to incorporate newer keepers a little bit more this upcoming year, give people the spotlight to talk about what it's like keeping retakes for the first time. Um, and then, you know, really where I want to see the growth is in our Patreon. I, I I cannot express the amount of like just heartfelt, like gratitude that I have for you guys. And I am going to work very hard to make sure that you guys, even if you're, even if it's five bucks a month that you guys are, you know, subscribed to like every penny, every 500 pennies that you are donating to us. I want to make sure that you get back. That's a um, cup of coffee. You're not getting one day of that month. Right. And I mean, I need my cup of coffee. So, exactly. um, yeah. So Nathan, I'm excited for 2023 excited for how this is going to look we're going to jump into an interview for our first episode for 2023 i'm excited for that it's going to be of a patreon member a new retake keeper um and i'm just yeah man i'm i'm thankful for you for saying yes to this crazy idea um and still shocked i said yes yeah happy mm. happy new years and um yeah I love you. Uh, thank you so much for doing this with me and for making this what it is. Love you too, man. Um, yeah. I, everyone just have a, a great, happy, healthy, prosperous new year. Um, I wish the best for everyone that's in this little community of ours. Lucas, cheers. And uh, yeah, 
See you next year, buddy. See you, dude. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for the support. Have a good evening, night, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. See you later.